name is Chloe Nelson and welcome to my documentary about Britain's National Health Service. 1948, the year Britain nationalised their railways, London held the Summer Olympics, the first coloured newsreel was filmed and it was the time when the likes of Perry Como and Doris Day were hitting the charts. It was also the year the National Health Service was born. Before this time, proper healthcare was not available to all. Only those and such as those who could afford the healthcare received it. As time went on, it was recognised that it was time for change. And on the 5th of July 1948, Britain's Health Secretary officially started the NHS when he opened Park Hospital in Manchester. For the first time, hospitals, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, opticians and dentists were brought together under the same umbrella. The NHS's founding principles were clear. It was to meet the needs of everybody, it was to be free at the point of delivery and be based on the clinical need, not the ability to pay. Over the years, the NHS has been a hot topic on everybody's lips at one point or the other. Many have in the opinion that the NHS is beyond help, with lengthy waiting times and accident in emergency rooms, waiting weeks for doctor's appointments, and many saying that the NHS leaves people suffering and dying unnecessarily due to being left on trolleys for hours, sometimes days. It is hard to believe that the situation is really that bad. Is it that we are simply misguided due to media coverage on the NHS? resulting in those doing their jobs properly and providing excellent care simply not being recognised or rewarded for their efforts. With this in mind, I thought I'd get a professional outlook on our National Health Service. I'm Andrea Ravey, I'm a nurse at the Royal Edinburgh Hospital, Department of Psychiatry. I've worked for the NHS since I was 17 and I'm now 47. My name's Angela Nelson, I was a nursing assistant, auxiliary nurse, and I worked for the NHS for 23 years. My name is Linda MacArthur. My role in the NHS is that I'm a staff nurse in sick children's in Edinburgh and I've worked for the NHS for 30 years. I think I always wanted to be a nurse even when I was younger. Then I did some office work and found that it wasn't for me and so then I went to work with care of the elderly and then progressed on to doing my first training and then working in sick kids. Always wanted to do nursing. I think I've got the type of personality I would like to help people, see people get better. I think the biggest change is the amount of staff, staffing levels. There's a lot less staff in the wards than there used to be. The upside is there's a lot more equipment to help you move people around, lift people. There was none of that 23 years ago. Huge changes. The training's totally different to when I trained. Everybody is degree nurse trained. I don't know that that's a good thing and I think we've lost a lot of the basic nursing skills within the service. I don't think it's the same to work in. I think it's very much management driven. There seems to be more managers than there is nurses. And I think the emphasis is on managers and not the actual ward staff and the amount of staff that are working on the wards. I think services have progressed quite a lot. Standard of care is very good. Staff training is good. And I think the media play a big role in what's said about the NHS. I think some things that are to be investigated, obviously you find out if it's true or not true, but then in other cases, I think it's hype and it sells news. We never get anything positive said on the television or radio. It's mostly about incidents that have happened, about nurses doing things. And even when nurses are found to be not guilty, they're still they're left with a stigma after being all over the place. I think it's sometimes we're very 
unfairly treated by the press. I think they, they portray it badly actually. Anything bad that happens they're quick to put it in the paper, you know, about staff and things. Sometimes what's in the paper is true about staffing levels and stuff, but a lot of the time it's not, you know, it's unfair. I don't know about any perks. I know that it's a bit controversial just now about um, the NHS um, pension scheme, um, which is in the news quite regularly now. If you regard that as a perk, then we're in the pension scheme. I would like to think that I was helping somebody get better and to realise their potential in life. I like working with children. It's a very rewarding job. And realise that, that, that although you've got a major mental illness, it shouldn't stop your life going on and being able to live a, a, a normal lifestyle. And also to change the stigma regarding mental health because it isn't a big issue, it's the same as having diabetes or anything else. Despite any issues you may or may not have with our National Health Service, there is no doubt that it has significantly improved the life of millions of people. Prior to the NHS reforms, those who couldn't afford proper healthcare often relied on dangerous home remedies. Also, before 1948, those with mental health problems were often locked away in institutions where they would be left untreated as doctors didn't have as good an understanding of it as we do today. Bearing in mind that the NHS began in times where many people were hit hard in terms of unemployment, this was due to the Great Depression caused by the Wall Street crash in 1929 in America. By the end of 1930, unemployment in Britain had rose from 1 million to 2.5 million. In the northeast of Britain, unemployment reached as high as 70%. Meanwhile, ship production fell by 90%. The start of the NHS meant thousands of new jobs were created. Despite this, many argue the spiralling cost of the NHS, even today, outweighs any benefits it brings. However, if you were to base your argument purely on medical grounds, there are many improvements we can mention. On average, men and women are living 10 years longer today than they did back in 1948. The NHS also provided the pathway for many life-saving discoveries to be made some including the invention of the vaccine of for polio, and in the 1950s, laser and keyhole surgery techniques were developed. Although these are beneficial to us, many think that the NHS has swung too far in the wrong direction, creating an overly dependent public with as many as 700,000 people visiting their GP on a daily basis. Doctors also complain that they cannot do as good a job as they'd hoped due to being bombarded with increased amounts of paperwork. Whatever the case, it is safe to say the National Health Service is a highly debatable topic which everyone has an opinion on, be it good or not so good. This 10-minute podcast would not have been possible without the following people. Therefore, I'd like to thank Andrea Ravey, Angela Nelson and Linda MacArthur for participating in the interviews you hear. Research for this podcast was also conducted using several internet sources. These included a special report on the NHS found on the BBC website. Wikipedia was also used and the information was gathered 
from www.nhs.uk. All soundtracks were from freeplaymusic.com. I, Chloe Nelson, am responsible for the creation and editing of the entire podcast using Pro Tools. I also conducted any voiceover that you hear. Thank you for listening. Thank you.